At Urban Farm Podcast, we are all about education, and April is Foliar Feeding Month. Have you heard of it? It is a super simple application of spraying liquid organic fertilizer on your trees and garden plants. The leaves, branches, and trunks are incredible at absorbing nutrients. And if your soil isn't great or your pH is off, foliar feeding is a quick and long-lasting fix to get your plants the nutrients they need. Want to learn more? Join us for our free online webinar on how to apply this amazing process to your gardens and fruit trees. Visit urbanfarm.org to sign up. That's urbanfarm.org. Do you want to save money at the grocery store? Eat more organic, whole foods? Cultivate food security and feel more connected to the earth? If so, then growing your own food is a no-brainer. You wouldn't believe how many people come to me claiming that they can't grow their own food. They think they don't have enough space, that they're too busy, or that they simply don't have what it takes. Perhaps you've fallen for one of these gardening myths. If you think you can't grow food, or if you think the only food that you have access to is what you buy in the grocery store, I have a life-changing webinar that you need to see. It's free and will help you unearth your inner gardener. I've helped thousands of people just like you learn to grow their own food and I'm speaking from my own experience when I say that with the right knowledge in place, there is no such thing as a black thumb. With this webinar, you can begin making your garden dreams come true and start growing delicious, nutritious food for your family. Just text GARDEN to 44222 or go to IWantToGarden.com and you will receive our free webinar about the seven key factors you need to know to grow your own food. Remember, that's GARDEN to 44222 or IWantToGarden.com. You're listening to the Urban Farm Podcast, your partner in the Grow Your Own Food revolution. Whether you've just been introduced to urban farming or you're a lifelong advocate, we're sure you'll leave feeling more informed, equipped, and empowered to dig deeper into the soil of your local food economy. With you every step of the way, here's your host, Greg Peterson. Today on the Urban Farm Podcast, we have Cecilia Nadelko to talk about her experience with growing food organically. Cecilia is a master gardener, permaculturist, seed saver, a dowser, and an herbalist. Gardening has been a passion all of her life. She is the founder and owner of Cecilia's Garden and has transformed her residence into an urban farm utilizing the front and backyards. Her garden is highly productive, self-sufficient, a sanctuary specializing in flowers, herbs, vegetables, fruits, and eggs. All of her produce is grown beyond organic which means she doesn't use any of the approved 244 organic chemicals one can use and still be called organic. Cecilia's produce is sold in local farmers markets and she also supplies produce for a restaurant that supports locally grown veggies. The sense of community is strong in her neighborhood with neighbors dropping in to pick up eggs, veggies, or fruits or just for the opportunity to visit and enjoy the serenity of Cecilia's garden. Welcome to the show today, Cecilia. Thank you for having me. Welcome. Absolutely. So I shared a bit about you. Can you fill in the blanks for us and share more about the path you took to get where you're at now? I sure can. I was so fortunate to be raised in Boise, Idaho. 
And it's quite a bit of a different environment than it is in, Phoenix, in Arizona. Arizona. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I've been in the Valley since 1978, which is I started adding up the years, and that's been 38 years. Wow. As a child growing up, I was the only one in my family that was interested in, in gardening. Uh-huh. I was a weird child. My neighbors, <laughs> no, my, my neighbors would pull weeds and I'd go over and I'd actually help them pull weeds. I wish my kids would do that. They, they would yeah, no more no get near a weed. Right. And then I had another neighbor that had an area where she did just like tomatoes and cucumbers. And I was always in her backyard during the summer helping her. And so that was kind of like my first introduction to growing your own food. Uh-huh. When I went up to or came down here to Arizona, I married and I had an opportunity to go to Austria. Ooh. So as far as gardening, anybody that had a house, every single one of those homes yep. had a garden. Isn't that it's, amazing how that happens? Oh, and not only was it amazing, my husband at the time was raised in a kind of like a mountain city. Uh-huh. For the people that lived in apartments, they actually used the mountain. Mm-hmm. They use terrid. Uh, terrace methods and they were able they had like their little sheds and they had their tools yep. and they they canned in in Austria they went to the grocery store on a daily basis because a lot of people did not have refrigerators uh-huh. they utilized and recycled and repurposed everything nothing like it is here in the states I was so fascinated. So when we got back up to Idaho, we were only up there for a little bit longer and then we moved down to the valley. When we first came down here, we lived in a mobile home. I started a little garden back there. Uh And then from there, we went ahead and moved into the house and we tried to do gardening here. Completely different than Uh what what I had learned uh, when I was growing up or what I was gonna learn in, in the future. I was so fortunate to have a wonderful, wonderful garden mentor. Her name was Annette Weaver. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, my uh, gosh. I've known Annette for years. She's amazing. She is fantastic. I feel that I owe so much to her. I was so lucky to have her here the other day. And she goes, wow, you talk about the student outdoing the teacher. (laughs) Nice. She was the garden director of a community garden through a health food co-op in Tempe that unfortunately is no longer there. It was known as Gentle Strength. Gentle Strength Co-op. I was a member, yes. Uh, And with this, I I learned so much. She was inspiring. Mm -hmm. And this was my first introduction to organic gardening. I learned how to compost. I learned about vermiculture. And for those that don't know what vermiculture is, that's when you use worms. Uh, we had it in a band, and as the liquid would come down to the bottom, we used uh, the liquid as a, a fertilizer that we would go ahead and dilute. Uh-huh. The worm castings we use as a fertilizer in, in the gardening beds. I learned about crop rotations. Oh, I learned yeah. about beneficial uh, insects farmer's market we had like watering crews propagation crews greenhouse crews <laughs> we had companion planting uh-huh. and that was a new concept where you use vegetables herbs flowers uh, that would either help the plant they like 
symbiotic where they would help one another to grow or repel pests. The, twice a year, we had an open house. We made presentations and we had the public available. We would just uh, have workshops available. Mm -hmm. Annette utilized um, a type of gardening method called biodynamic gardening. And so with this, it's just a, an area where you grow very intensively in a small space. Nice. Now, I remember I planted 100 tomato plants one day. <laughs> I, I, no, I planted them wrong. I had to dig up every single one oh my and I had to replant them. So she was not afraid to make corrections in case you had uh, done something wrong. So after Gentle Strength Co-op, where did you go from there? Because I had all of this wonderful on-hands learning experience, uh -huh. a lot different than reading it in a book, mm -hmm. I was able to bring it home to my residence. Nice. And then I met you about 20 years ago. Oh my gosh, has it been that long? I, I, I was being uh, very uh, conservative there. I think oh, it okay. might have been longer. Oh wow. But what you introduced into my life was permaculture. Oh yes. And I took the class that was offered by you and Don Titmus about uh, seven years ago. And everything that I had learned uh -huh. over the years, I was able to incorporate it within my own residence. Nice. So what is permaculture to you? Permaculture is working with nature. Mm -hmm. Permaculture is understanding nature. Permaculture is a way of life that you support and enhance nature in all of her glory. Nice. With the permaculture principles, it was an opportunity to create create a oasis in, in my yard. Uh -huh. For those of you that are not familiar with Cecilia's garden, I used to have a tennis court in my backyard. Oh my gosh, that's right, you did, didn't you? I, I did, you talk about a heat island. <laughs> no uh, kidding. And I could only garden so far and I had to dig it up to continue my, my vision for the future. Mm -hmm. Rainwater harvesting. Mm -hmm. Rain gutters put on my home. Rain gutters actually put on my chicken coop that I had built. Uh -huh. I have the greenhouse. Oh, nice. I have an outdoor shower. Then the greenhouse, the water that I use inside, uh -huh. the pipe goes under and outside to a fig tree that waters. Oh, nice. My shower has a French drain that goes into a garden bed right next to it. Uh -huh. My kitchen sink that I do my harvesting and washing my vegetables and preparing it for a farmer's market or for customers goes directly into the water and into the garden. My chicken coop even has a rainwater collecting system that goes directly into the uh, part of the garden area too. Right. So it's like waste not, you learn to do multiple functions mm -hmm. within the permaculture. An area that I have set up right now in the garden, I have a couple of sawhorses with uh, fencing on it, and I have plants that I'm beginning for the fall season. I used to have the plants in the greenhouse. When it would drain, it would drain on rocks. Uh -huh. By moving it out into the garden, it drains directly into the garden bed. Oh, interesting. 
Good and, job. And I think one of the most exciting things, I have chickens. I love my chickens. You uh -huh. talk about <laughs> free entertainment. You talk about personalities. The, um, uh, they're so multifunctional. I, uh, of course, sell their eggs and their manure is mixed up with straw, oh, yeah. leaves, grass. And I put that in my composting. Um, pest control. They're absolutely wonderful. And um, because I believe so much in organic gardening, mm -hmm. and I believe in also making sure that my chickens also are provided organically oh, yes. uh, grown um, products and foods, I have a girlfriend who's actually allergic to eggs, but she's not allergic to my eggs. Amazing she's how that happens, isn't it? It, it is. And the thing that I'm surprised about is that she's allergic to organic eggs that she actually gets in a store. In a store. And so it makes you wonder sometimes what people actually do. With, with my chickens, I learned when they lay an egg, they stand up to lay an egg. I actually have that on video. Oh, interesting. And it's just, uh, there's something new. And it's been fun to share the chickens with my grandchildren. Oh, yes. Yes. How how many eggs did we get today? <laughs> how many white ones? How many brown ones? How many green, green ones? Green ones, yeah. Oh, it's it's just, oh, the garden is is a haven for, for the children. Oh, yes. How old are they? Six and three. Oh, my gosh. Perfect, perfect age for that. Perfect my age for that. Yeah, my granddaughter helps me wash vegetables. She'll collect chamomile flowers for me. She's quite a little helper. Nice. So in your bio, you talk about Beyond Organic. Can you say more about that? I sure can. Um, let me go ahead and get that clarified. The U.S. government allows 244 chemicals that a organic grower can use in their garden and still be considered organic. organic? Wow. Yes. And because of that, people still have reactions. When I garden... There is no chemicals within a mile of my home. Yeah. I use manures. If I do have to use any type of a fertilizer, uh -huh. I do use a fish emulsion. Uh-huh. I'm very much, I have 13 compost bins in my yard. Whoa, 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 whoa. 13? 13. Oh, you rock. I do not need to go to the gym. <laughs> How true is that? <laughs> and I throw everything into my compost, even when I lose a chicken. That mm. chicken is processed through my compost. Yeah. I get uh, blood meal. I get uh, bone meal. Mm -hmm. I get feather meal. It's, it's as it is meant to be in nature. Yeah. Wow. How cool is that? So I was over at your place recently and I, when we walked into the backyard, there's this very interesting distinguishing feature that you open up periodically to the public. Tell us about that and what you do with that. Yes. I have been trying to join a farmer's market that's just within a couple of miles of my residence. Uh -huh. They have a pretty full contingency of vendors at their location. Mm -hmm. I started opening up my own market 
And so it's it's not like there's parking issues or people waiting around the cul-de-sac to come uh-huh. into. I've been fortunate to share the produce with my neighbors and anybody else that knows I do the the food uh-huh. and, and have it available. So on the weekends when the garden is in season, I have a market open. I also have nice. a friend... Oh, it's it's wonderful, and and I'm not alone in uh-huh. this market. I have a girlfriend that sells gluten-free products. I have another friend that I actually met through one of your classes, uh-huh. uh, Tara Emery with uh, Creme de la Ba Farm. Oh yes, and she does goat's milk fudge. Nice. I've had her fudge before. It's incredible. Uh. I have to be careful not to buy it for customers maybe during the week because during the weekend it may be gone. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's how good her fudge is. And yeah. that she also has uh, cheeses available. And then I have another friend that does natural skincare. Oh, wow. So they're, they're not with me every week during the season, but I do have uh, their products available. Mm-hmm. And you just you just have a little farm stand, covered farm stand that's right inside your backyard. And I, I people do. come by. I do. Wow. And if they need to get something during the week, by all means, I encourage them. Don't wait for Saturday. Uh huh. Text me, call me, and I'll make sure that whatever you need is available. Yeah. Wow. That's How incredibly cool is that? So if my garden gate is open. I'm in the back. Uh-huh. Wow. Cool. So what kind of products do you have available at your farm market? Oh, it's almost like, what do I not have? Okay. The amount of vegetables that I have is absolutely wonderful. My, my specialty is different varieties of lettuces. Oh, nice. I have like eight different types of romaine plants that I'm growing from seed right now. All different types of butter crunch lettuces, loose leaf lettuces. I even do an iceberg and I do not like iceberg. Well, I was going to say, wow. No, it's it's a wonderful uh, addition to the garden. Mm -hmm. I also make these wonderful smoothie bags, which is three different types of kales. Uh Uh-huh. Two or three different types of spinaches, collard greens, and chard. And they're all mixed together in a bag, so you don't have to buy them separately. And people are able to use them for their smoothies. I go into the root crops, carrots, beets, turnips. Uh, The so-called fruit portion of the gardening would be like peas, because they love uh, the cooler weather that's going to be coming in. Yes, of course. Uh, squashes, cucumbers, any anything that I can get my hand on, I will. Uh-huh. Fruit, when it's in season, will either be citrus or peaches, apples, oh, yeah. apricots. And that is a personal weakness I am discovering is trees. And I do have to keep a tight <laughs> or, or control on myself because it's it's just like I want to be able to provide so much to everybody. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, and and then of course I I have uh, my eggs. Flowers are available. Oh yeah. I have culinary nice. herbs that are available. 
just a, a lot of different types of, of uh, vegetables and fruits. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. And, and I love, you know, I have a, a project I started here and it's, it's really just an article that I wrote about five years ago called the 10,000 Urban Farms Project. And that, the, the thought process behind that was that we, you know, what if Phoenix had 10,000 urban farms? And this is exactly what I was talking about when I dreamed this up. You know, ah. is having each street having their own urban farm that is open periodically. So how cool is that? Good for you. You know what's so exciting about this is the community that I have built up throughout the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I have learned to put a sign on the end of my cul-de-sac. Oh, yes. And people go, I didn't know this was here. <laughs> and and so many people think you can't garden out here in the desert. Oh, yeah. And they go, and look what you've done here in this backyard. You've inspired me. Nice. Nice. So what do your, you know, like the neighbors right around you think about this? Oh, they're wonderful. Let me tell you, I will give the neighbor that's right next to the chicken coop. Uh-huh. I, I will give her free eggs. And now. She oh, wants, there you go. Nice. Uh, it's, it's you, you know what? She's so funny. She goes, I know you work so hard to take care of your birds. I'm going to insist on paying for these. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then she'll she'll get the vegetables from me. Um, the neighbors from two blocks over come on over. And the the fun part about this is one day I was having a garage sale. Yep. And this woman came up with her daughters on her bike. She goes, I love your front yard because I also uh, farm in, in my front yard. Yeah. And she goes, oh, this is so nice. And I said, you want to see something nice? Follow me. (laughs) Oh, nice. And so I brought her in the backyard, and now she's one of my best friends. And the funny thing about it is her husband and two of her sons have taken a permaculture from you and Dawn. Really? Aside aside and apart from her coming to your house? Yes. Wow. Wow. So she she knew what I was doing and what I was incorporating into the area. Absolutely. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. So I'm going to shift on you, and I'd like for you to talk about a time you failed, how you overcame that failure, and what you might have learned from it. Gee, how much time do we have? (laughs) (laughs) And, And first of all, a failure to me is a learning opportunity. Yeah, and that's the point of the question. So it, it is. It's such a stepping stone. I'm, I'm going to limit myself to one failure, actually. Okay, good. I was asked to make a presentation to a group of people. Mm-hmm. They were interested in container gardening in small spaces. Uh-huh. Well, I think I kind of overwhelmed them with all of my information that I had available to them. And I've learned... Keep it simple. Mm. Gear it to yeah. the experience of your your audience. Yeah. The thing that was perfect was that my boyfriend was there, mm-hmm. and I was able to get uh, critique, constructive uh, criticism in order to From improve. Him? Yes. Oh, yes. Oh my gosh, you got and, a great boyfriend. It sounds like. Uh, I. You have no idea. Yes, I do. (laughs) And so he is always encouraging me and helping me 
in order to continue my my growth in in this area of of permaculture and ur- urban farming, urban homesteading, uh-huh. and. It's, it's just wonderful to have that type of support system. But I learned to, yep, keep it simple. Yep. They didn't want to know about three truckloads of manure that I brought into my backyard. They just wanted to know what they could do. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes. So interesting you should bring this up now. I'm uh, going off here in about an hour and a half to give a lecture uh, to a group of of uh, new people in the urban farming arena, and I will take I will take this with me to heart, and uh, make sure that it is uh, simplified. So thank you. Look at that you're sharing with me and changing my life already. And then one other area that I kind of consider a um, a failure. Your communication skills have to be right on the dot. When I have somebody helping me in the garden, mm. <laughs> I yes. think that they know what they're doing. Uh-huh. But if they haven't done it before, and I can't fault them for not reading my mind, right. that when they plant a carrot seed, you don't do it an inch deep. And you need to make sure that you give them what your expectations are. Otherwise, they're going to end up planting hundreds of tomatoes wrong. Funny, yes. <laughs> yeah. So, what do you consider your biggest success? Biggest success outside of my children and grandchildren, it's my availability that I have people uh, are able to access me. They are. As I said, they're they're so motivated and inspired by what they see in my garden. Mm-hmm. Success is is learning to appreciate what you have mm. in your life. That is beautiful. It's and and it's not one particular thing. It's just count your blessings. Yeah. Be, be grateful and yeah. show gratitude for for what you have beautiful so what drives you knowledge experience excitement Mm -hmm. there is so much available as far as being able to show people what they can accomplish especially in such a small area today our most valuable asset with our homes is actually our backyards. Mm-hmm. And to be able to utilize that in such a way to enhance one's health. Oh, beyond a doubt. Absolutely. And we have to take control of our lives. I used to work for a doctor and then I did um, work with an herbalist for uh, three years as an intern. Mm-hmm. You have people that are coming in because of illnesses and basically it's all due to imbalance in in their lives Mm -hmm. and it's the same thing in our backyards we have to bring balance into it for for harmony for healing for meditation yeah yeah wow that's good so i'm all about education and i have to know is there one book that has been influential for you in this process in your life 
This is a hard question. <laughs> there are multiple books, but the one that I really like so much, it's a book called Lasagna Garden. Oh, yeah. And it's by Patricia Lanza, L-A-N-Z-A. Mm-hmm. That's, that's one of my, my very favorite. Tell she's, us about it. She's easy to read. Mm-hmm. She gives uh, pictures. I'm, I'm not one to learn from reading a book. I'm one to learn from on-hands experience. Oh, yes. Show me. I want to touch it. Yeah. I want to feel it. I want to smell it. So what is lasagna gardening? Lasagna gardening is a method of, like, you know when you make fresh lasagna? Mm-hmm. You do it in layers. Yep. With gardening, you do the layers with, like, leaves, grass, straw, mm-hmm. finished compost, because that acts like a... Um, Activator, like you do sourdough oh, yes. pancakes and yep. that type of stuff. Yeah, beautiful. And you build it to maybe anywhere from 18 to 24 inches tall. You let it break down a little bit. And after four, maybe six months, you can actually plant directly into it mm. after it begins to break down. Yeah. It's not as labor intensive as the compost bends. Oh, yes. Yeah, exactly. It's comp- uh, it's, a, it's a method of composting in place, is it not? It is indeed. Yeah. And it, it helps. It's like a no digging, no tilling, no weeding. And I mean, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so what one final piece of advice you have for our listeners? Find balance in your life. Mm. Take time to enjoy life. I have a tendency to work myself to death. My boyfriend will grab me and he goes, honey, take a deep breath. Mm. I do now take one day off from the garden and I spend it with my loved ones Mm -hmm. because it is so easy to become one sided and too focused on one thing only. Oh, yeah. What is so satisfactory is after a day of working in the garden, Mm -hmm. I will find a place to sit my aching body down. Mm. I have an opportunity to look what I've created and the sense of satisfaction oh, yeah. that that just it, it's it's something that's almost intangible. It's so much internal. But what I love is I close my eyes. Mm-hmm. I, I feel the warmth of the sun on my face. I listen for the wind. Mm-hmm. And what is so nice is to hear the chatter of all the different birds in the garden. And again, that's when I realized I am so blessed and I'm so grateful and all the wonderful people that have come into my life to share my garden. Mm -hmm. It's, it's my quiet time for reflection and it opens my soul to the energy that surrounds me and it feeds me. Wow. Wow. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the show and sharing your experience with us today. Cecilia, it's been a treat getting to chat with you. Thank you. So how can our listeners get a hold of you? I am on Facebook. Um, my Facebook garden page is Cecilia's, C-E-C-I-L-I-A apostrophe S garden. Oh, perfect. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Yeah, that's about as fancy of a name that I could come up with. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. <laughs> 
But you know the road I live on? Mm -hmm. It's called Farmdale. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yes. Beautiful. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for joining us on the Urban Farm Podcast. Oh, thank you so much. I so enjoy this. Absolutely. Do you want to save money at the grocery store, eat more organic, whole foods, cultivate food security, and feel more connected to the earth? If so, then growing your own food is a no-brainer. You wouldn't believe how many people come to me claiming that they can't grow their own food. They think they don't have enough space, that they're too busy, or that they simply don't have what it takes. Perhaps you've fallen for one of these gardening myths. If you think you can't grow food, or if you think the only food that you have access to is what you buy in the grocery store, I have a life-changing webinar that you need to see. It's free and will help you unearth your inner gardener. I've helped thousands of people just like you learn to grow their own food, and I'm speaking from my own experience when I say that with the right knowledge in place, there is no such thing as a black thumb. With this webinar, you can begin making your garden dreams come true and start growing delicious, nutritious food for your family. Just text GARDEN to 44222 or go to IWantToGarden.com and you will receive our free webinar about the seven key factors you need to know to grow your own food. Remember, that's GARDEN to 44222 or IWantToGarden.com. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Urban Farm Podcast. Remember to listen three days a week for tips, advice, and resources to help you on your journey with urban farming. You can find us on the web at urbanfarm.org or send us an email to podcast at urbanfarm.org. In the words of Vincent Van Gogh, great things are done by a series of small things brought together. Be encouraged that with each lesson learned and skill developed, you are one step closer in the direction of your dreams. One of the first things that many of us learn when we start to garden is how to water and fertilize the soil. But there is an exception to this rule and it's called foliar feeding. You should foliar feed or water the leaves of your plant with liquid fertilizer when you want certain nutrients to be absorbed better. Not only are the leaves great at uptaking liquid fertilizer, if your soil isn't very good or your pH is off, foliar feeding can help your veggies and fruit trees quickly get the nutrients they need to thrive. If you're ready to start foliar feeding for maximum growth yields and quality, head on over to urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves to see our selection of foliar feeding products. That's urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves.